Hey, I'm Bob Runkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts and stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's seeing driven, talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present. And now, here is your host, DJ Bob. DJ Bob, it's me, Ganga. Now listen, I'm gonna send you some food from the food network. So keep your eyes on the skies. I'm gonna catapult it your way. <laughs> what should I send? Maybe a burger, maybe a hot dog, Ooh, maybe a tomato salad. Uh, thanks, Gonger. Appreciate it. Gonger's friend Warwick Brownell Pike is here on this episode of the DJ Bob Show. We talk a lot about his pop culture obsessions, Sesame Street, weird British TV, disability inclusion, and a whole lot more. This is a fun one. I enjoyed this one a lot, and I hope you do too. Well, I feel like we've been planning this for years, it seems like. Hey, Warwick, what's up? <laughs> Welcome. Oh. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> you finally tracked me down. <laughs> well, before we get started, we have to give credit where credit is due to my dear friend Spencer Lott for hooking us up. Yep. And yep. he's a brilliant puppeteer, the kindest person in the universe. And, so kind, very lovely. And we have to give him kudos where kudos are due. So, Definitely. the first question. Round of applause. Yeah. For Spencer Lot. Yes. <laughs> the first question I have for you is what is something you wish people knew about what you do? Oh, interesting question. Um, I wish that they knew the technicalities of it because people, you know, and I do the same, watch puppets and are like, oh, it's a living thing. It's a sentient thing. That's the end of the story. But then, you know, you don't think about what's going down underneath and the fact that like there's somebody down there doing this kind of manipulation with their hands that's making the puppet do all that, all the movements, uh, you know, there, there's a, a voice acting element happening. There's a script being read or remembered There's acting going on. They're watching a monitor. There's a lot of things there, which I think is an interesting, um, set of, you know, rules, I suppose there's, there's lots going on. Yeah. And I think people would, would appreciate it. And like, the, I think they'd enjoy trying to do it because it's such a challenge. All those things happening at once. You know what? I often wonder because I'm 
physically disabled and in a wheelchair, mm-hmm. could I puppeteer? I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. Uh, you, you can. You can. We we puppeteer sit sat down every day at my job. I puppeteer sat down. Uh, sit sat down. Sit down. Yeah, sat down. Yeah. Um, what are often, Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Oftentimes, sets are raised, so they are higher. But uh, a, a, like a show like Sesame Street, it's uh, the sets built for humans primarily, yeah. the human actors to stand up on. So you know, we're down by their waist height. It's an interesting concept because mm. hand dexterity is such a big thing and mine mm. is very limited. So what people have recommended to me is like the sort of video game controller mocap sort of Oh cool. Puppet yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Sesame input. Like the Waldo kind of system. Yeah. Or like on the Dark Crystal we had um Skeksis that will walk around, so we'd have people who were shorter than us puppeteers because we're mostly six foot puppeteers. Um, so people were shorter than us wearing a, a kind of costume version, so they would be wearing the whole Skeksis and walking around. And the head of that Skeksis was remote controlled, and that was almost like a remote control car controller, yeah, like an RC, yeah, yeah, like an RC, exactly, yeah. Um, so that's quite an interesting way to do, to do it as well, you know, that most of the movement is there. But it's from an RC box. Because it's not something that people think about. And I just wanted your thoughts on it because nobody should be limited to what they can and can't do. And exactly. Yeah. I just wanted to. Well, I'm always like, just let's try. Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's try. You know, with everything I do, I'm just like, well, let's try it. And people are like, well, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. I'm like, yeah, maybe not. But. <laughs> Go for it anyway. We'll try it. We'll see. Then, we, then we'll know. Then we'll have a. Uh, we'll tried and tested. We'll have an answer. Uh, m- you know, maybe we did it. Maybe we didn't do it. But we yeah, don't. We don't know sure. until we try. So, going back to your beginning, what are some of your earliest pop culture obsessions? Like, what are some fun things that you like? Is there like one bad movie from your childhood that you always go back? Like, is there something yes. like that where it's like... <laughs> yes. Well, I don't want to offend anybody and say like it's a bad movie. Well, but but I, I've told people about these movies and they're like, oh, they're bad movies. <laughs> but like, you know, you get to, you come to them at childhood and then you just love them like the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Oh. You know that movie? It's a trophy. It's terrible, but, but it's I love so it. Good. I saw it because, like, at the video store, I, it's, it was not a video store. It was like a corner shop, so it sold everything, you know. Like, but it yeah. just happened to. Have it had like fifteen videos. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, that shaped my childhood. Those fifteen videos <laughs> shaped my childhood because that's what I had access to <laughs> until we could record ourselves. And the Garbage Pail Kids movie was one of those. And and actually, like, what's really cool is it came in like the big clamshell case, the big squeaky plastic oh, yeah. case. But it was embossed, so yeah. the the, the pale on the front. I love packaging like that. So good, love it. Yeah, I love you know it's tangible. It looks good. It shines nice. <laughs> it's got great colors to it. So like, so I had movies like that. Um, the Dark Crystal, which is not terrible. Um, the Never Ending Story, all those fantasy films from the eighties. But those are the kind of things I, that's in movies that I could like rent from the video store. TV wise, obviously, The Muppet Show the Henson stuff. Like I was obsessed with the Muppet show, 
Um, but there were other things here in the UK that were kind of small fry and almost homemade feel. Things like uh, Charlie Chalk and Bertha, and they are like stop motion animations. I, I strangely know what they, yes. They're really, everybody should look them up. Charlie Chalk, he's a clown uh, who, for some reason, he lives, like, he's stranded on a, a desert island. <laughs> uh, but it's the cutest, coolest, kind of Muppety animation and Bertha, which is just about a machine in a factory. And like they made like, actually Jocelyn Stevenson wrote Charlie Chalk. She may have come up with it and she, you know, she ended up co-creating Fraggle Rock. Um, I didn't know that back, at, back in those days. But clearly, like, I like her work because I would find it. Yeah. Um, those kind of things I loved. I did, wasn't really a cartoon person. I love, like, animated movies. But I wasn't really a cartoon person. There was this weird... Uh, another one of those videos in the video store was um, this a movie. It was called, like, A Mouse and His Son or something. Um, Peter Ustinov did the voice. It was, like, horror cartoon. The The... the the mouse's son gets kidnapped by the rats. <laughs> there were toys. It was a mouse and his son. They were a wind-up toy and they were connected. And uh, and these rats like steal the child. Quite horrifying. But when you're a kid, you like stuff like that. You know, yeah, you like to be I, a bit freaked out and scared. I was always into like the because you know I'm 27, almost 28. But mm -hmm. like I was raised on like. The family film, like a movie like Home Alone or Problem yeah. Child, that just doesn't happen anymore. And I think I know why. And, and we, I was talking to someone about ET because it just uh, yeah. turned forty, mm. and they they're like, "I've never seen it." And I was like, "What?" Ah. <gasps> <laughs> oh. Oh no, why? Now, see, my, my worry about that is if you don't see it when you're young, then it doesn't it doesn't have the same yeah. effect. Yeah. You know, because then you're like, well, I know that's a puppet. I know that's just a, a kind of a robot alien. But when you're young, you're like, oh, hang on, he's blinking, he's breathing. You know, Absolutely. you buy into it more. And like, of course, like, you know, when, when you're kids, you don't watch something once, you watch it a thousand times. <laughs> so like, go into from when you were a kid to what you're doing to make kids and families and adults happy, which is your career in puppetry. How did it, how did TV puppetry start for you? Because I mean, obviously it's something you always wanted to do, but yeah. it sort of came about in a weird way for you, right? Like it was like, kind of like unexpected well no no it was planned for me i mean i saw the muppet show when i was like two well yeah i know that but how you got there yeah okay well so basically the kind of work i do now at, at cbb's with, with my dog dodge the dog um it's a smallish studio it's set in a house called the cbb's house there's a cast of like six seven presenters and me the dog dodge and what I do there, you know, I work with two, two cameras and a monitor and the presenters. I was basically doing that in my living room, <laughs> just solo, you know, a camera hooked up to the TV when I was like seven or eight. So it's the same thing. I've been doing the same thing for a long time, but I saw the Muppet show when I was about two. I just was Gaga. I was, that was me. 
you know, my mum was busy, so she sat me down in front of the TV. The Muppet Show happened to be in repeats on BBC One over here in England. And I was just sold on it. Uh, like, you know, my tiny brain was at that moment in time ready to latch on to something. It could have been anything. Luckily, The Muppet Show was on TV. Otherwise, like, well, I don't know, I'd be a ballet dancer or a wrestler. <laughs> I don't know what I'd have been. Um, and I was kind of obsessed from that point on. And so I just got through play. I worked and and practiced, you know, playing with puppet, puppets that we'd bought, puppets that we made. And then I just constantly did that until I got to an age where I actually uh, was like, oh, I could. I'm an adult now. I can go I can try and get a puppet job. I'll Google puppeteer jobs. And I found an audition with CBBS. And that's like 15 years ago, this time, 15 years ago. And I got the job and I've been with them ever since. And I watched a lot of the clips and a lot of the segments. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, w I wish, I honestly wish that TV was that way over here uh, one of my one of my dearest friends did a lot of kings tv in the uk in the 90s mm, um, oh cool he he hosted this show called crazy cottage and a bunch of other like weird weapons. yeah i've heard of that yeah and like so i've sort of watched you know this type of content so yeah yeah it's just sort of like, why aren't people, I don't want to say companies, but mm. people aren't experimental over here. It's so formulaic. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, so with the CBeebies house, I think it's like no other place. Like I tell everybody, this is the, we have the best job in the world here because like I can, for instance, I did go in there a couple of weeks ago. I mean, like lots of days, like for the last month I've been there five days a week. Sometimes I'll be in there one day, two days over the year, but it's a yearly thing and it's a constant. So Dodge has been on constantly for 12 years now. And before Dodge, I had a cactus character that had been on for three years. So, so I've been there constantly for that whole time. And so what that brings about is that, so for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I went in and I was like, Oh, I'd like to do a song uh, about inclusivity with these dogs that I have. They're all different dogs. Um, and I think it'd be cool. Like we could have nine dogs singing about it. So they were like, okay, nice idea. Uh, we'll get this person to write the song. One of our directors, a lady called Jess Parker. And I was like, oh, I'll storyboard it. It's fine because it's going to be just me. Just I'm the only one there performing the puppets. And one of our uh, co-presenters, she did some voices for the puppets too. So we could get some different voices in there. And like that was, so we did that on the Monday I came in with the idea by the Friday that had happened and like was on TV. So, and so it feels really local and easy and like, we can just do this and it just gets out there. And I don't think there's anywhere else like that, doing that kind of thing. Other times something is planned months ahead, you know, and, and it'll be a big deal and a big production, but then equally we have those little moments of inspiration where you can just throw an idea in and it, it could easily be on TV within days. Which is the dream for me. That's just so cool. So you're doing the QBB stuff. You're doing the brilliant show Mongrels, which I love. I love that show so much. Yeah, sadly, it's gone now, but uh, 
It was a, a while ago we did that. Well, yeah, great. So um, cool, such high production values on that. You're doing all this stuff for years and years and years, and then how does Sesame Street happen? Yeah, well, that's interesting because it, I suppose maybe from the outside it looks like it's overnight, but it took a long time really to get there. Yeah, it took a long yeah, and you know, I people would say to me years ago, people would be saying to me like, "What's your dream job?" I'm like, "It would." to be on Sesame Street, of course, but that's not going to happen. Like they, they, don't, they don't just take people on, like, you know, what am I going to do? Walk in there with a character and they say, that's the guy who needs to do that. Like, this is not a thing that seems to happen. Um, so re really the story starts way back when I'm also like, uh, I just say yes to everything. So Me like, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, Yes, let's just like I said earlier. Yes, let's try it. Let's just try it. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I, like, I'm just, I just want to. I just want to do stuff. You know, you want, like you want to be creative, and you I just want to be creative. I want to try it because this you say yes to that, and it might lead to some other way of working that we haven't discovered yet, or I don't know something. Something good will happen. Something funny. We'll have a laugh. At the least, we'll have a laugh. <laughs> so um, we we were we were working with Hacker and Dodge, I think, and then. We uh, we had gone to the bar. There was a bar at the B the old BBC building, TV centre. There was a bar upstairs, so you could go to the bar after work. Uh, we went up to the bar, and then we saw a director that we kind of knew, and he was like, oh, you never guess what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm directing Elmo on the morning show, kind of like the um, Today Show for yeah. you guys. We have a similar kind of yep. magazine show that runs on morning. He's like, I'm directing Elmo tomorrow morning. I was and like, yeah yes i'm like we love elmo <laughs> uh like th these are the best me and bill fletcher who performs hacker i'm like you've got a, a captive audience here we <laughs> we're the best people to tell that news to and he's like why don't you come down and our shift didn't start till like uh 10 or something with hacker and dodge 10 30 maybe so we were like great we'll be there um so we made our way down to the other studio it's on was on the thames uh, itv and there was Elmo and there was Kevin and some uh, Sesame PR people who I now work with. And so we went and we sat in the green room, like giddy little boys with our Sesame Street books and stuff to catch a glimpse of Elmo. And when um, the Sesame PR person came by, we were like, oh, excuse me, uh, would you mind asking Kevin if he'll sign our book, please? Uh, so he took, she took the books and he signed them and he was like, tell them to come in and talk. Like, well, let's chat, let's say hello. So we did. And it was just like that. And I was like, let us know if you need anything. <laughs> um, but you never, but. I didn't think like, anything not, would come of it. Nothing going to come of it. Yeah. I was yeah. just being polite. Yeah. Like, you know, if you need anything, you're in a, you're in our country. Let us know what we can do if you need anything. And great to meet you. We love it. We love what what's happening here. We love everything we're seeing. We love. <laughs> um, like 5.30 the next morning, Kevin's on the phone. I'm like bleary eyed waking up because that's way too early for me. And he's like, hi, mister, can you come and help me at six o'clock or 6.30? And I was like, <gasps> it's like Beaker. Uh, and my wife's like, my now wife, my then girlfriend, it's like, what's going on? What's what's happening here? I couldn't talk. I was like, <gasps> um, and then, so he said like, this is 5.30 a.m. He said, can you come and help me at like six? 6 30 i'm like yes of course um this is the address see you later and then i'm like hang on does he mean 6 30 p.m no no he meant 6 30 a.m like yeah. in an hour <laughs> yeah. oh my god 
So I'm like trying to get ready and showering and I'm like panicking. And but so I went down there and assisted him. He was doing some like um call it presentation, which is the live bits between shows the to promote Elmo's world, the interstitials, yeah. yeah, to promote Elmo's world. Uh so we did that. And then the following year we did it again and we kept doing it. And so every time they came, I, I would go out with them and we do that kind of thing. So, you know, right handing, assisting with rods, props, um, a bit of wrangling, you know, dressing, dressing Elmo into costumes and stuff. Uh, and then like out and about, we go and do some VTs. Uh, there was like an Elmo Olympic one around London, which was pretty cool. Like some location stuff. And then Abby came one year. So I helped Leslie with Abby. Yeah. Oh, at that point, she had one arm was broken. I think her left arm was broken. So she really needed the help with the rods and stuff. But she was a trooper. She still came all the way and, and did it. Back so, lately. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So that's how it, that's how the seed of that, my first Muppet meeting was that. And then it, and, and then it just kind of flip flops. And then the Muppets Most Wanted came up here. Uh, no, no, before that, there was a, um, we did like a, a Muppet appearance on the X Factor, which is like America's Got Talent oh, yeah, yeah. kind of thing um, with Miss Piggy and Fozzie and Animal and some penguins. So I think because I'd worked with Kevin, when those guys came, they were like, who's in the UK? And I, maybe I got mentioned, and I think. The, and the Muppet character was so small. That... Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, well, we need someone, you know, who's going to turn up on time, who's going to do what they need to do. Yeah. yeah. And so uh so i did that and then i think that led to muppets most wanted and it just kind of keeps flip-flopping up until the Furchester. and so the way you want me to tell you how we get sesame street yeah i can't give specific address details of sesame street away it's somewhere it's somewhere it's somewhere in Astoria. <laughs> yeah yeah you keep walking around you'll find it eventually yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so we were doing the Furchester hotel we did the first series and i was like uh, the almost like a guest performer so i would do the hotel characters each episode has a new hotel guest and i do those and background and double up for elmo or Fenella if somebody else couldn't be there or was doing or if they were doing a guest character um so that was my job on the first series. And, but I saw Gonger on the first day of rehearsals. I saw all the puppets were laid out on a table in bags. And I, I like ran along them. I was like, oh, nice. You know, Cookie, Elmo, Fenella, Fergus, Phoebe, Tita Monsters, Harvey, Gonger. And I'm like, oh, he looks like he belongs with the Muppets on the Ed Sullivan show. Uh, you know, yeah. he's just like crazy, like wiry hair, little moustache, <laughs> funny eyeline, um, teeny nose, little arms and stuff. Just like a little growly, um, you know, offbeat Muppet from the 60s. Uh, so I was like, well, I'd like, you know, I'd like to do him. But they'd already been taken, those puppets. The puppet captain and Mac Wilson had the last two, Harvey and Gonger. So we did the whole of that shoot. And I think Rudman, David Rudman did a couple of gonger bits because gonger eventually only hit the gong. I think maybe yeah, more was gonger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think maybe he, he was going to have more to do, but then when they got into production, I think like there was a lot to, to get this series. This is a very big series to get this series up and running. So he kind of got left by the wayside and eventually like in the show, I think it's a three second bit where he hits the gong and that's it. Um, so Mac didn't come back for the second series. And I was like, oh, I'd like to do that. 
so they let me have a crack and we had fun with it and because he's not a main character i got the the opportunity to like be in the background and just develop it and be silly and build it up and like i'd go away and i'd write all the new gong bits because the gong bits for the second series or block i don't know how we break it up really um they're longer so there's a bit an element of story in them sometimes so if big bird was there i'd have him like do some silly stuff with sneezing with a feather and all that kind of thing i just was always like you know grab me a chicken grab me a cow grab me a duck let's uh <laughs> let's come up with something silly and it's so nice because i had i i wasn't involved in every storyline i had the freedom and time to just mess and i'd be like okay quick let's roll that camera over here and <laughs> lists of of gags to the directors and producers uh just because like i love it i, I want to do that you know i just want to keep coming up with silly stuff um and we did it and then when david was there with cookie monster it was just silly and funny and people you know you start to see people come and watch and take notice because something silly they know something silly is going to happen i don't know what's going to be said david doesn't know what's going to be said we're just ad-libbing but they know something odd or funny will happen here <laughs> in this space so like people just start to take a bit of notice and you hear people chuckling and laughing like off in the distance and I'm like, oh, we're onto something. Something's happening. We're onto something. There's a vibe. There's a good vibe going down. Um, and then, like, I realize we're getting through the series, and it's coming to an end. The run's coming to an end. So, so I thought, well, I can't, I can't let this leave my life. I'm having too much fun with it. So I started to develop the idea of what if Cookie and Gonga then take orders in the Furchester Hotel, but then they deliver them in a truck. They go out and deliver the food like it like you know like any old delivery service that we have these days uber eats or something um and it slowly just came around to they run the foodie truck and uh, and that turned into the foodie truck that we now know that's on sesame street i did actually there was a foodie truck outside there was like a few food trucks outside our uh, studio complex and on the way in one morning i just said to the guy if i give you 50 pounds would you let me have your truck for an hour and he was like yeah, hell yes <laughs> easy this is easy money and so for, for that hour we jumped in there we put our phones up on on um, stands lighting stands and we shot a quick pilot we wrote a quick pilot and we shot a quick pilot um because i'm a believer in like like i said earlier like do, let's do it let's just do it because at the least like once we had shot that pilot and i had edited it i was like yay i've achieved what i wanted to do <laughs> i made a little thing a little fun thing the thing is you made it because you had the clear vision as opposed to network or whatever. So yeah. Do whatever the it was what I wanted it want. to be. It was what I wanted to see. It was what I thought would make me laugh, you know. <laughs> um, and it's like what we see now on Sesame Street is pretty close to that pilot. It's pretty close. Um, we ha actually had a bird. I had a bird deliver. So Cooking Gong used a catapult to de deliver the food. I had a little bird puppet take the food and fly off with it. That is <laughs> so I was talking to my friend, Noel McNeil, and yep. he said that he's directed a bunch of the, the foodie. Fantastically, might and I add. Some of the stuff has aired. So yep. because I know he's listening to this, yep. what's it like working with Noel? Uh, well, it's just good. I, I wish I could say something like funny or bad, but it's just great. <laughs> he was wonderful. He was a fantastic director. See, the thing about having a puppet director is a, a puppeteer direct is that he knows like, he know, he's one step ahead because he knows what we're going to say. He knows what we're going to think. He can like troubleshoot all those things mm -hmm. 
without even thinking about them. He just knows instinctively what he needs to get visual, you know, in the visuals uh, and how we're going to be positioned. He just knows it all. It's great. And then we just recently did some foodie trucks for YouTube and he was a goat. <laughs> he was I, a goat. <laughs> and so we were together. I was like, no, go for it. Just like eat the apron and, and yank me and let's have a fight. And <laughs> so we were having a great time. Just us two like fighting over it. Yeah, Gong is like, give me back my apron. And the goat's like chewing away. And then I was like, chew the leg, chew his leg. <laughs> and they said, no, 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 no chewing the leg. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So you're in London right now. So how <laughs> often are you here? In um. I don't know. I get asked that quite a lot, and I, d I actually don't know. Um, there's no like um, routine to it. It's just when it's called for. So I'd say like maybe five or six times a year, possibly. Yeah. I'm hoping that once all this stuff is kind of dwindling down, I could come and visit. Yeah, been trying to shut that up forever. Yeah, ah, you have to see it. It's it's so cool. The first time I walked in there. The first time I walked on the set was years ago now because I visited Kevin on the set and I'll just never forget it. I walked in the door in the studio door, which is way in the corner opposite the stoop. And the only part of the set that was lit was the arbor. So as I walked in, I kind of, my eyes were drawn straight to the arbor because they were performing down there. And, and then I slowly dawned on me that, oh, hey, this is the street and there's the stoop and there's Hoopers, but it's all in darkness. And, I'm, and my brain for like a split second was like, but where's the sky? <laughs> like I'd been in studios for many, many years, <laughs> but my brain was still, but where's the sky? <laughs> where's the sun? It's, it has such an effect on you. And it was um, the episode I saw them shooting was, I think it was called um, A Toad of a Prince or A Prince Toad. And Joey Mazzarino was a little frog puppet that uh, turns oh, yeah. into a green prince. And they were doing a great song, walking down the street, doing a great song. I think it was Joey uh leslie with abby and elmo i think i love that really and cool i'm hoping that we could meet and we could meet in person on the yes on the set that'd be, that'd be really great fun. be lovely yeah but yeah i don't think anybody's disappointed when they visit that set i mean if you were then that might raise a lot of questions <laughs> yeah so at some point Gonger became so popular that he got toys and merchandise <laughs> and all these crazy things. I know. How does that make you feel? It just blows my mind. Like it keeps happening. <laughs> it just keeps coming. Even up until yesterday, I saw new stuff and I'm like, what? Because I, I'm the kid who bought all that stuff. I yeah. bought all the Muppet toys. I had like, uh, my bedroom was like a museum, a Muppet museum when I was growing up. <laughs> it had everything like it kind of got too much at one point and then we were like okay you have to really scale this down now because it's crazy you're like it's gonna it's like hoarding <laughs> muppet hoarding it's a new it's a new reality show we're gonna make <laughs> um, I watch it and, I oh. <laughs> and now there are uh so as of i just i just found this out yesterday there are five gogo plushes <laughs> there's another one at sesame place which is one a smaller, of, one of smaller. the things that I never got, and I wish I did, is that the Hallmark ornament from last year. Oh, nice. That I was never, really cool. I never ended up getting that one. Oh, no. And, like, they're exclusives, aren't they? They only have them once a year or something. I'm going to hunt that one down. Uh, 
I wish I had one to give you. I've only got one. <laughs> That's really cool because that the truck on that is uh it looks like it's a 3D scan or something. It's really detailed yeah. and exact. They don't mess around with those. They're great, aren't they? Now we need Gunger to have his own Funko Pop. Then uh, can you imagine? <laughs> then you know you've made it. <laughs> I love all the stuff. I just love all the stuff. Like when I was a kid, I'd play with my Muppet plush, and I, like I play with my Muppet little figures. Because over here in Europe, I don't know about in the states, but we had these like cool little detailed PVC figures. Yeah, little plastic figures that I just loved. You know, I had the whole Muppet Show set and stuff. And now there's a gonger one. And I'm like, oh, imagine. Imagine knowing that as yeah, a kid. That one day you'd... My niece and nephew have it. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look at that and I'm like, wait, what? How did this happen? <laughs> I did this and I was your toy. Um, yeah, yeah. You, were like, you were like, he's the guy I can't pin down. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> You know this guy? Yeah, he <laughs> wanted to my email. Um, yeah, good luck getting a hold of him. <laughs> no, but it's so wonderful. Thank you. So, if you were to cast Gonger in any TV show, <gasps> and we can cut this out, I don't know. <laughs> but I just want to know. If you were to cast Gonger in any TV show, that isn't children specifically. Yeah. What would you put them in? Oh, oh, that's a toughie. As soon as people ask me about TV shows, I'm like, oh, I know nothing. <laughs> um, okay, let me think. Well, I love the Golden Girls. Oh my! But it's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's a bit late now. Yeah. It's a bit. It's too late. In fact, well, I'll tell you that they, well, they need to do a. Uh, like a puppet version, man. Can you can you imagine Gonga meeting Sophia? <laughs> they would just it'd be like a wrestling match. Um, I bought these like um, they're over here in the corner. They're like Fisher Price little people of the Golden I Girls. Know, I saw them because yes. so I bought them because I was like, oh, that they they are the same scale as the Gonga figure, so I can have them stand next to each other and pretend it's real. <laughs> oh, so I think it'd be that show. Because I love that. I adore that show. And you know what I love is that, like, it, it was a big thing here, but in the UK, but like, um, I, it's not on anymore. Like, we have the DVDs and stuff. It was on when, before I went to school, was it? As like in my early teens. So I'd watch it every morning. But then whenever I go to the States, it's always on. Like, I can guarantee that I feel like I, it's, it's like comforting when I get there about 10 o'clock at night, maybe when I'm getting yeah. into bed, the Golden Girls are on. Yep. I can count Everybody. on it, and I love it. I love it because I'm like, my friends are here. They're always here. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, it's so good. I tell people this all the time. And they're like, you're, you're crazy. I'm like, no, but it's true. It gives me such a great feeling to know that they're always there for me. Well, <laughs> that makes me so happy, and I love that. <laughs> I wish they did more with the Muppets, those guys, because oh, they, yes. didn't, they didn't really. The, I'm trying the, to think. Like, did they even? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I think... Huh. Got it. Betty met Elmo. I love that picture. On a talk show, yeah. Cute. Like, everything to me. Yeah. But, like, I've been such, like, a pop culture kind of sure that I just mm -hmm. eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. So it's great to just 
it's gotta be refreshing to you for you not mm. not to just talk about public yeah no i love it well it just reminded me that like there's other uk stuff that that pop culture stuff that i don't um you've probably you probably know about this stuff but it's worth a mention like 40 towers yeah which is the best john Cleese, john Cleese, i think like one of his first things and they made like 12 episodes and they were like that's it we we did it it's great we're moving on <laughs> and that's basically what the Furchester hotel is 40 towers meets the muppets which i had been like talking about for years before the Furchester came up i was like guys 40 towers plus the muppets equals fantastic um and then it eventually happened nothing to do with me by the way that that was happening you know away from separately somebody else had that same idea um, because of the furry arms but so 40 towers we love to watch just so I, silly and slapsticky i'll tell you something that is kind of not in that realm but it's just weird yeah mr blobby <laughs> i just worked with mr blobby <laughs> like, what? i know what's happening that, that guy would, was fearless that would, that would not happen here <laughs> yeah so he came from like a big saturday night entertainment show They're like a big deal where they'd give big prizes and take people on holidays and all that kind of thing a big live saturday night show like an hour long two hour long show and within that show there was the character called mr blobby who's a big pink thing with yellow spots and a bow tie and crazy green eyes that twirl <laughs> it's like it, it would only happen in europe and uh but mr blobby i don't know what the point of mr blobby was but like they were they were in a house set it was Noel's house party. So he would come out on the top balcony and just like fling himself down the stairs. And and there's no, it's not like beautifully choreographed. The no, guy would just fling a, himself it, down it, the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And he would do anything for the laugh. And what's great about the guy who was inside that costume is that like he was a great actor and he was a great uh, observationist. Is that a word? But like, you know, he was a great observer of comedy because he'd do the Looney Tunes things of like, before he runs, you know, his fists would go one side and his leg would go the opposite side. He made it real cartoony. I mean, I love the fact that Mr. Bobby had a Christmas number one as a single. Like that. I think he had a theme park at one point. That just fascinates me. Like, I just, like, <laughs> It's so weird. It's so and weird. I, Kids I, loved it. I know. But I don't think it would fly here because I don't think so. It's too irreverent. <laughs> it's just yeah, you well, nobody knew what that guy was gonna do. It was a live TV show. Nobody knew. We kinda we kinda have that here where you they let they they allow a rogue element in characters. Yeah. Which is quite cool. Like Hacker the Dog, who is the brother of my character, Dodge the Dog he he's still we were live on cbbc which is the children's channel for six to 12 year olds the bbc children's channel um we were live i was live on there for like 10 years or something and then i went to cbb's which is pre-recorded and hacker stayed on that channel so we have a channel each now and he is that kind of character these days like you don't know what he's going to say you don't know what's going to happen next and we all love that but the the organic capability yeah. of the content is so refreshing and so cool yeah um you must look up we did like a nostalgic puppet video last november for children in need which is a big fundraiser we have over here yeah and i'd been pitching this like puppet get together of all the uk puppets it's like my love letter to uk puppetry and the characters that have come before so we tried to get all the old guys back all the old all the characters that were famous in the 80s and the 70s and even back to like the 50s some of them and we managed to get a good group back and we did a music video and Mr. Blobby's in that. 
So and oh my it's all puppets, but it's strictly puppets. And yeah. they were like, but they were like, we want Mr. Blobby in it. And I'm like, mm, he's not a puppet. Uh, and I was like, he's not going to be in the video because he's not a puppet. <laughs> my brain's like, it's only puppets. Uh, so that he that that kind of went through and worked its way, you know, into the art. So in the video, Mr. Blobby's trying to get in, and there's like a no Mr. Blobby sign. <laughs> and so he keeps trying to get in in slapstick ways. And eventually, all the puppets record their song and they leave the recording studio. Blobby breaks in breaks the door down, falls into the drum kit. <laughs> he just like throws himself around. I love that. So, <laughs> so I just thought that would be a fun little side note because <laughs> yeah, it is. So, so one of the one of the things that I wanted to bring up before we wrapped up, I have a couple more questions for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is the Sesame Street 50th anniversary special? AKA my wildest dreams. I <laughs> I know. And I mean, that was shot in the spring of twenty nineteen, I like to Yeah, like I think the May time maybe. Everybody was there. So ah, forgive so good. me, but were you okay? Because like, <laughs> I was hyperventilating. Because it like, was a, it's like an outer body experience. Because I'd pay good money to be there watching that. But I was there down the front. <laughs> a pot with lines. I'm like, I just like to be here observing and, and looking at this. And even then I'd be like losing my mind. Uh, everywhere you looked, there's like an icon. <laughs> um, it, it was wild. Like, you know, the finale of that is everybody singing Sing. And there's it's everybody swaying. One of my swaying. favorite things ever. It's like, it's just... It's eye candy, isn't it? It's that can be on loop in my brain forever and I will never get tired of it. And I was down there in the front row with like, uh, there's like Grover and Elmo and Abby, uh, Rosita, um, Gonger's down there, Prairie Dawn, I think. So because Gonger had just fallen from down from above on a balloon and he landed down there and Cookie Monster's down there. And I kept looking back over my shoulder at everybody and like the view was amazing. It's like having front row seats at a great show. And I'm just seeing like Bob just talking to Linda. I'm like, how is this happening in front of my very own eyes? Like, this happens on the television, not in front of my eyes. I'm here watching this. I'm yeah. actually watching it. I'm like, come on eyes, record, record. <laughs> Don't let these memories go away. And it was just wild, wild, wild. I don't know who, I remember I got this random text from either Noel or Peter, one of them, and he's like, You'll never guess who I saw today, and it's no hugging Whoopi Goldberg. And I'm like, yeah, I was videoing that. that yeah, the yeah, she was like, bear. Cause they haven't seen each a while. Yeah, that's what they were saying. They haven't seen each other. Yeah, yeah. It was like I was stood there, and Noel, and Loretta, and Roscoe, and Whoopi. They were all talking about bearing the big blue house, and I'm like, this is like what well, I I. I how does this happen to me that I get to just be in these conversations and listen to these people whose opinions I respect so much. Yeah. And I want to hear, I want to hear everything they have to say. Like t just keep talking at me. I want to hear everything. Give me everything you got. Absolutely. <laughs> so I kind of want to take our last few minutes here to ask you this. So mm. every interview I like to, because they can get natural conversation. Mm-hmm. 
do you have any questions for me about what I do, about my work, or what? Anything you're curious about? Because we're just meeting now after yeah, all yeah. time. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. So you want to be a radio... So, so because in the UK, radio is big. I don't think it's as big in the States as it is in the UK. I mean, it's a form of entertainment, but it's yeah. not super big, yeah. So in the so whenever the Sesame Gang come to the UK, there's always like a couple of days worth of radio promo. Oh yeah. So there's you know there's some TV like and then BBC, there's yeah. yeah, and we have like so many channels that are big, uh, because I don't know I don't know why it's just maybe it's an old fashioned thing, but so and we have all those kind of channels and they're like there's a pop channel and a you know a talk channel and all that kind of thing, and so I was wondering is that what you would like to do though those kind of channel those radio channels? Well, the thing is. I started this podcast because I got fired from a radio station. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> so you learn by doing. And one of the things that I wanted to, because we started talking about puppetry and disabilities and stuff like that. Mm. I was told recently that disabled people can't be in radio because it'll take a while for the listener to understand what they're saying. And I'm just oh, please. like, what? Stupid. Excuse me. <laughs> but like, I'm very curious to know what you want to know about what we do here. I think it's the first time we're meeting, but we're friends. So whatever questions you have, I'm open to them. Yeah. Well, this is great, isn't it? Because like, like you said, this is not a planned thing. It's just a conversation, which is cool because most of the time these things are planned. To within an inch of their life <laughs> yeah i even told you in the email I'm yeah like, and i was flowing. yeah so i was like phew actually that's great because you know it's just easy like we're just chatting we're just friends we're just having a conversation over a cup of tea <laughs> yes <laughs> no I, I love this i, I love the i love your style of of that being you know let's go down this route and and we'll talk about that thing there was something else I wanted to mention, which I'll, I'll mention in a while. Yeah, Another yeah. old TV show that you should see. <laughs> Is there anything that you'd, that you'd like to know about our content, about me, about disability? I'm open. Well, I'd say I've not listened to your show before. Sorry. I'm sorry. You will now. I, I will now, but I don't get time to listen to podcasts much. <laughs> in fact, like I, I think... I couldn't tell you the last time I, I got even the chance to listen to a podcast because I'm always doing something like, you know... I could listen in the car. If I'm on a train, I'm like, well, I should take my laptop out and start to work on this train. So yeah, tell me about the podcast. Like it, not everybody's a puppeteer, so they wouldn't all talk about puppetry. I know you've had Noel on. No, Peter. It's, it's pop culture, past and present. It's everything. Like recently, the episode that we are releasing, that I'm releasing this week, is with the guy that played uh, Marvin Berry from Back to the Future. Oh, cool. And that was such a, a fun little... So, anything that I either grew up with or that I just genuinely love is at the forefront of me. But right. I'm not afraid to talk about my disability on the podcast either. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. because it's evident. I, because if I didn't talk about it, it would be, it'd be like being dishonest and mm -hmm. not genuine. So, why not talk about it? And once I started talking about it fully, it created a safe space for me and the guest. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I hope that what I do can inspire either young podcasters, just young creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creators in general to embrace whatever issue they have Mm -hmm. and just go with it. Yeah. And what's great about these times is that we can kind of all try everything. But it's interesting. When I was starting this podcast 12 years ago now, Mm -hmm. there wasn't all these platforms, so I had to teach myself. Yeah, yeah. And another thing is, too, this podcast started out as a four-hour live show. Wow. I would never do that now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because... Because when it's live, like you're running a board and you're 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 taking, so much work taking phone calls and like like mm. once once I made it pre-recorded, it made it ten times easier to just create and be real and be honest and yeah, you know have de- have great conversations with people that hopefully impact a person yeah. or two. Yeah, so I love I'm that. I'm so glad that we had this conversation today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I'm sorry it took a long time to get hold of me. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're frank now. We're good. We're... Yeah, good, good, good. But I, I, want, I want to mention the other TV show. Yeah. So I told you 40 Towers. I told you 40 Towers, yeah. But the other one that we often go back to is Some Mothers Do Have Them. So, uh, some Mothers Do Have Them, but it's it's Av. Yeah. AVE. <laughs> and that's um it's a character called Frank Spencer. And it's Michael Crawford who ended up in musical theater. Yeah. And he's he's, he's in up. Hello Dolly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's very slapstick and very 70s. Oh, I love it. And I don't know, have you seen it before? Some of us I've never seen it. I've never okay. seen it. Yeah, I'm sure it's on YouTube. You gotta look at it. It's just about this poor guy who kind of can't get anything right in his life and keeps making mistakes uh, in a very slapstick way. You know, like he'll pull a handle and the door will fall off of the of the cupboard, but then like the wall falls down and the house eventually falls down. Really silly and cartoony. And very British. Well, we love that. <laughs> yeah. One of the shows that because sometimes you're you're binging through Netflix or whatever, and one of the shows mm-hmm. that I discovered through a really uh I think I was, you know, going through something emotionally i needed something to watch yeah and i just started watching the it crowd uh i, I don't know the it crowd i know of it obviously and but i don't know it like because i'm a nerd and it's mm-hmm. like some of this stuff the british humor would not apply here yeah 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 so when they brought it they brought it to the u.s for one episode and it just didn't make it like uh some, interesting some stuff doesn't translate yeah but you think it would be universal you know at first glance you'd be like oh this would work i think what happened was it came out the same year as big bang theory right and yes I, are, I can see i can see that mm-hmm. they are very similar in tone and even content because they're nerds it's always interesting to me when they make a show in one place and then it replicated like the office and uh, there's another one that i can't think of but you know it's replicated in another country in the same language how do you feel about that like 
there's like how do you feel about the US office being so I so, have to be honest and tell you that I've seen neither of them. <laughs> I've seen very few. So you're not completely off base. I think I watched one episode of The Office, the first episode, because Gervais is in it. Yeah. And we were making Muppets Most Wanted. And like we were we, we were going was it gonna start the next day and I was like, ah, I've not seen anything that he's in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, god I love that. so i just watched it just to like get an idea and i was like oh it's not for me i'm not gonna watch it anymore it's not for me <laughs> so, so we talked about your pop culture obsession from the past mm. what are you into currently what are you watching what are you liking what are you um well we have a soap here called eastenders yeah isn't that like not ending like another no yeah okay <gasps> There's an Australian soap that's ending. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Neighbors. Neighbors, which is uh, which I think only exists because of a UK audience. Actually, I think I it's love only that I know that. Yeah, I know. It's so random. It just ended like last Friday, I think, after a really long run. But EastEnders has been going as long as I've been alive, thirty-seven years, uh, and it's always been on. My parents watched it, so I always watch. It's just it's one of those comfort food it's TV an things. Like it's an, an institution, yeah. yeah. And like it's what you can look at it and kind of zone out and you don't have to think about it too much. I just know all the characters. I know the storylines. I know the backstories. So I'm always, that's always like, that's a constant that I will just always keep up with. Um, what else are we watching? Um, oh, I just watched, when I was in the US, I watched the First Lady series. Oh yeah. Which is cool. I don't know if you've seen that. I don't know why it was on even, but um, it's about, yeah. it's about Michelle Obama. Yeah um betty ford and eleanor roosevelt who i'm distantly related to so that was interesting um what else sex education which is a uk uh show have you seen that P yeah people on netflix really, yeah people are really so good that. so good oh actually it's got Gillian anderson in who's in first ladies um i can't think of what else but like so to, to wrap this up mm -hmm. what working in puppetry and working in entertainment mean to you and that leads me to my final question what does disability inclusion mean to you within those areas mm -hmm. so the first part of that question is it means the world to me you know i love it i just it's all i ever wanted to do and it's now it's become my life it kind of it takes over all aspects of my life. Um, and I just adore it. I just adore living through the puppet. You know, like when I go to work, I put the puppet up and he exists for those next how many ever hours. I, you know, I don't say much. <laughs> they do all the talking for me. Um, so I love that. What was the second part of the question? Sorry. Disability inclusion. Yes. I, it's so important, isn't it? Within it's the so important. Yeah. Like we were saying earlier, like, let's do it let's just try everything because great stuff can come from you know everybody should be included and everybody should be given the chance to do these things um everybody has something valid to bring everybody has a new flavor to bring you know yeah well this has been absolutely wonderful and thanks so much where can people connect with you where can people find you i'm on the social channels at warwick bp 
Um, I have a website too, um, brownlow-pike.co.uk. I try to keep up to date, but I'm a bit lazy with that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's I, like a whole other job, isn't it? Trying are to keep you a website on um, today. Instagram too? Or are you? I'm on Insta and Twitter and uh, TikTok, cool. which I only just recently joined. And I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to. I'm not sure if I'm going to stay there. <laughs> I kind of got. I got like talked into it. People keep telling me I have to. I have to do it. I must do it. Uh, like, oh no, not another thing. Well, so I'm trying this, my best. This has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting with us, and I hope you can come back and talk some more with us, because this has been a blast. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, next time, if I come back, we should have, like, get some more puppeteers on. We'll have a, oh, yes, real, yes. a, a serious geek out, yes. nerd out puppet episode. Yes. yes. Let's do it. Let's get a bunch of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then we can really get into the details. <laughs> It'd be like a four-hour-long podcast, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you'll be going back to all that work again. You're like, I can't mix this. It's too many voices. <laughs> uh, yeah. Be like, sorry, sorry, it took me two months to get this out. <laughs> yeah, I had to edit out all of the crap. <laughs> but thank you so much, and we'll talk soon for sure. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Okay. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present.